what's happening people is currently getting a little bit late and I'm on a train right now so I'll keep my voice down but I have a podcast for you it's not going to be on the train do not worry that is taken from one of our real evolution training videos so every single week well pretty much every other week I make a video on the book that I've read that week and this is one of my all-time favorite books if I reference things in the podcast that you can't actually see it's because it's from a video on RET but there isn't too much of that this is from one of my all-time favorite books which is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Franco I won't say much more because I explain it in the upcoming podcast what is happening people and welcome to this week's takings video this is a book that I've had on my list to read for a very very long time because a lot of other books have referenced it and I'm not really gonna make this like a normal video I'm gonna sit down and just basically discuss the book I'm not really gonna read from it I'm gonna make it a bit more like a podcast book Victor E. Frankel's man's search man's search for meaning Victor E. Frankel man's search for meaning the classic tribute to hope from a Holocaust. Victor e. Frankl was a psychologist. I think he was a psychologist from Austria. And this book has been referenced in a lot of psychological books that I've read, a lot of self-help books, a lot of things that I've read. Then I've spoke about it as well on here multiple, multiple times. The last of human freedoms, the ability to determine one's response, to determine one's emotions, how we respond to situations. And this book is kind of the, the cornerstone or the thing that really, really made it, made this notion popular. I want to say as well that we're shooting on a beautiful new camera. It's currently very dark outside, so I hope the exposure is okay on this. Sony a7 III, brand spanking new, 24mm Sigma Art Lens 1.4. Bam, beautiful. Rum as well, some very, very nice rum the boys got for me for my birthday. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm going to go out for this. So, Victory Franco, Second World War, 1939 to 1945. His book is about his time spent in concentration camps. If you did, did not know, if you if you don't know, then you definitely should educate yourself on it. I think everyone knows about this. Um, during the late 1930s, Hitler obviously came into power, started the Second World War, started invade, invading Europe from Germany. What's the word? Started not eradicating, started murdering, murdering minorities, uh, racial minorities, disabled people, and Jewish people. And he basically ran people up into these camps, these work camps, and uh, in these absolutely hideous, atrocious, unimaginable conditions. And you'd either be gassed, you'd a, what was the chance? I think it was a 90% chance of being gassed before you even went into the camp, like straight away, you'd go into the camp and you'd die. And then the remaining 10%, they would have a 20% chance of, no, a one in 20 chance, a 5% chance of actually surviving the concentration camp, making it out alive. Fuck off. That's weird, that's a really, really old friend. Um, I'll answer that in a bit. As I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted, okay? So, Auschwitz, terrible place, uh, concentration camp. Auschwitz was a concentration camp in Poland, I believe. I'm actually really, really want to go there. And I suggest learning about Second World War history because it is really fucking interesting and really makes you realize how much shit we take for granted and how terrible a time it was then. But anyway, Viktor Frankl, he was a psychologist and he wrote this book on man's search for meaning. How do we find meaning in suffering? How do people overcome the most horrendous things in the world? These like terrible, terrible situations. How do people survive these concentration camps? How did people, how could you take everything away from a man but he still has hope, he still has his internal will to choose? And it talks about this thing called the last of human freedoms, which is this ability to choose one's, choose one's, uh, the way we respond to a, a stimulus, to choose one's 
response. You can take everything away from me, but you will always have your mind. You can take everything. You can torture, you can, you can get tortured, you can get your clothes ripped off, but they will never be able to take away how you choose to feel about a situation and what you choose to make of it. So Auschwitz, Victory Franco, all these Jewish people on a train, like cattle, they get to, they get to Auschwitz, they arrive at the camp, whistle blows and they're forced out the door like literally like cows or like life I was gonna say dogs but they're treated more poorly than dogs far more poorly than any livestock today they're forced out of the camp they're tired they're wet they're cold they're starving they're not allowed to bring their possessions of us with them and they're made to made, made to get into a line if they fall out of line they get beaten severely beaten horribly they get to a line outside the camp and there's an SS officer there and he's saying pointing people looking at people up and down saying left or right left or right Victor Frankel's in the creek queue and he goes to the right, gets full, he, 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 no, no, guy in front of Victor Frankel goes to the right. Guy, Victor Frankel's like, I had no idea why they're separating people, women on one side, children on the other, and then further broken down to left and right. He gets sent to the left. And uh, you can see the, from outside the camp, you can see smoke bellowing out of chimneys in the camp. And what that is, is gas ovens as people are being burnt and cremated. And at this stage, it's like a selection. So they want you to work. There's basically forced slave labor and a horrible, torturous life if you make it past this stage. If you get sent to the right, which 90% of people were, you go straight to the gas ovens, which are disguised as showers, and you would literally just be gassed and incinerated and killed. Victor Frankel survived the stage, he was a man, he looked like he was strong enough to work, so he was spared in the sense from this immediate death. But once you're in the camp, you only have a 1 in 20 chance of surviving. And the conditions in there are absolutely fucking horrendous. So he was writing this book at the time, I believe, or this paper, or he wanted to publish this book that he was writing. I'm not sure if it's this one or a different one or whatever it was. And um, he he needed he wanted he felt like that was his calling. He felt like that was his 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 main thing, like his his meaning, his his like what he had to do. And he managed to smuggle this book in, in or the he managed to smuggle some notes in 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 the bit of paper. All the possessions were taken off him. Um, and then I think he managed smuggling. I can't remember. But long story short, this writing this book, this novel was his meaning. It was the thing that got him through it because he felt like it was his purpose. And he was gonna write this book before he fucking died or write this thing. And he had his family he wanted to get back to. And his wife and that would give him this like backbone of meaning anyway you go into the camp if you make it through this initial selection your clothes are taken off you you're stripped naked you're given rags to wear all your body has shaven off you and your possessions are taken away your jewelry is taken away you're given a tattooed a number and you, you, you don't have a name anymore you're referred to by a number on a list and you are suddenly this object you've lost all all this um all this sense of what made you you you've lost all this this identity and you are suddenly made to feel like absolutely fucking nothing you go into this camp you're mistreated you're beaten by guards you're starved you're on a diet of 1200 calories a day doing forced labor seven days a week in freezing sub-zero conditions in no proper winter wear every single day without fail you're literally starving to death and if you look weak if you're unable to do the work if you don't get up at the crack of dawn you'll be sent to the gas ovens and you'll be killed or you'll be beaten and you will you will die you will be dead Checking the camera. So, Victor got into the camp and uh, conditions were terrible. And he talks about how 
how you, you really, really realize that you take the little things for granted. So things that we do every single day, when we have something, we take it for granted. When we don't have it, we suddenly realize how much we miss it. Have you ever had it where you've got your phone and every day you use it? You don't, you, you, it's just a joke. Like you don't, you don't appreciate it. You don't, oh, I'm so lucky to have a phone. You just take it for granted. Then it breaks and it's the worst fucking thing in the world. Same thing with a laptop. Like that's happened to me recently. And you've really, internet, internet here is shit. I'm always moaning about it. But if I didn't have any internet at all, I'd wish I had my shit internet back. He talks about little things like he misses being on a bus, he misses going to work, he misses getting up early to go to work, or just simple things like drinking a, a nice hot cup of tea or whatever it is. Little things that he took for granted every single day in his life suddenly realized how much those things meant meant to him. And the prisoners all went through this thing where they had a longing for simple things, the, the simple things in life, going to church, uh, a, a, simple, a simple meal or a hot dinner. And they have this this longing and this lust for things. The moral of the story here is don't take shit for granted. Do what the Stoics do, practice perceived loss. Imagine losing something because if you imagine losing things, if you practice perceived loss, when when the inevitable loss happens because nothing is forever, number one, you're gonna be more prepared to deal with it better. Number two, by imagining losing things, by imagining losing someone you love, something terrible, it's gonna make you appreciate it more and really, really appreciate it whilst you still have it. So. Horrible beatings and atrocities, horrible circumstances, and uh, the way they actually dealt with this, I wrote this down, was satirical humour as well. They make jokes about getting sent to the gas ovens, make jokes about uh, dying, and it was a, it was a coping mechanism. And there's a lot of things in this book that I kind of relate to. Like I've always had a very very dark sense of humour since having all this these health issues and like trouble childhood childhood issues, being in hospital, thinking I'm going to die, thinking I'm going to lose my leg. I've dealt with it like making a joke about getting my leg chopped off or maybe dying or the surgery going wrong, whatever it is. And I've always had this satirical sense of humour. So he talks about how they used humour as a coping mechanism to get over these terrible, terrible, terrible things. Now into the substance of the book. After being in these conditions, after losing everything, after slowly starving to death, seeing your friends die, there was a... I think it was typh typhus was rife in the camp of disease. People were dying, dropping down left, right, and center. They were starving to death. Look at the pictures of Auschwitz. Go on YouTube and look at Auschwitz in color or the videos on there. You should really, really get a sense of how fucked people were. Their legs were filled with edema and swelling because they were on their feet so much. Their feet would be rotting and with frostbite because they didn't have proper boots or their feet would swell so much that they couldn't actually fit their boots. Their laces would snap. They weren't allowed to use, given any new laces, so they'd use wire as laces and it was terrible it was bleak and Victor talks about are we products of our environment it's really dark here so I might not be able to read this he talks about are we products of our environment are we solely products of our environment obviously I believe that we are products of our environment in the sense that we're going to be like our parents if we don't consciously check bad if we don't make sure that we're we're not staying on on top of these bad things that are influencing us these bad things in our environment if we're not actively staying on that making sure that it's not leading us astray we're going to be consumed by it but Victor talks about his thing he says is there no spiritual freedom in regard to behavior and reaction to any given surroundings is that theory true which would have us believe that man is no more than a product of many condition, conditional and environmental factors, be they of biological, psychological or sociological nature? Man can preserve a vestige of spiritual freedom, of independence of mind, even in such terrible conditions of psychic and physical stress. We who lived in the concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude to any given set of circumstances, 
to choose one's own way. And what Victor was saying here, that every day we have a choice. We have a choice if we're met with some adversity, if we're met with something horrible, we have a choice in terms of how we're gonna react. If, some, if we're struck with some horrible, or crazy, negative health issue, if, if we're dying, whatever it is, we have a choice in terms of how are we gonna look at the situation. And this isn't saying, oh, just be happy, or oh, just don't be depressed, or oh, just don't be sad. It isn't saying that at all, which a lot of people find very, very confusing, because it sounds like it is. It's saying that the way we frame things, the way we look at our circumstances, our environment, what is happening to us is our choice. And we can manipulate that, and we can choose to view things in a certain way. Between a stimulus and response is a gap, and within that gap, we have the ability to choose our state. So if I was to slap you across the face right now, what do you think you're going to do? You're probably going to do a couple of things. You're probably either going to fight me. Number one, you're going to fight. Number two, you're going to probably cry or you're going to run away. But those are choices at the end of the day. Like it's inevitable I'm going to slap you and there's going to be pain. But the way you respond to that is up to you. And it's a lot of, uh, I believe it is largely down to conditioning and it is largely down to conditioning, but we can overcome this conditioning, these neural processes by being conscientious and considerate. It's like why I like to meditate. Meditation makes you a more empathetic, more considerate person who's who's able to, able to more unreactive and able to respond better. And what he says is that this last of human freedoms is the ability to choose. The ability to choose how we respond to a situation. And there are terrible people in the camps as well. There's people called capos who are basically uh, prisoners that were that were elected to a higher status by, by the guards to do the guards' dirty work, to keep everyone in check. And they would be sometimes some of the horrible, worst men. They'd give the worst beatings, they'd treat people the worst. And that they came from the same place that all these people originally were from. So environment can have an effect, but it says that we're able to choose how we let it affect us. The last of human freedoms, the ability to choose one's emotions like for example I could shout at the top of my lungs like a little kid shut your fucking mouth you little cunt before I go down there smash your teeth in with his chair but I'm gonna choose not to say that I'm gonna choose not to let it upset me I'm gonna choose to make a joke about it even though he's been a nice little cunt um yeah but anyhow, so the last human freedoms, and that is the main premise of the book. Uh, it's about finding meaning in suffering. How do some people find meaning in suffering? If you want to survive these camps, if you give up hope, you have to have something to work towards. You have to have some kind of hope. You have to find meaning in your suffering. You have to believe it's for a larger sense of purpose, and that way you are going to fucking survive. And it's the same with everything, man. Like, second time I went to hospital, First time I went to hospital, I felt shit. I wanted to literally kill myself. I wanted to top myself. I felt so sorry for myself. I fucking hated my life. Second time I went to hospital, I dealt with it with satirical humor. I was happy. I was making jokes about it. And the second time I went in versus the first time, I actually, it, even though it was a million times worse the second time, I missed my birthday. I missed loads of events. I obviously thought I was going to fucking could lose my leg. I got a uh, cellulitis infection in my arm as well. My calendar, it was not nice. Second time I dealt with it. And why did I deal with it? Because I found meaning in my suffering. I understood that this suffering would be, I, I linked this suffering to a larger sense of purpose in the sense that, okay, my me going through this, I'm gonna be able to tell my story. I'm gonna be able to motivate people. I, I learned from the first time, I learned the hard way that by having no meaning or having no, not thinking of a reason or being conscientious and considering why, what can come out of this, you're gonna be fucking miserable. So you've got to find meaning in things and you can find meaning in any kind of suffering. So. For me in hospital, after getting all that social proof and that transformation video blowing up and inspiring loads of you guys and loads and loads of people, I knew that I could inspire more people. And there was meaning in this. I was going to be strong. I was going to show people that you can get through this. I was going to come back stronger. And I was going to be a, a light in a, in a time of darkness. And every day you have this choice. So the last of human freedoms is the ability to choose one's response to things. The ability to choose one's response. And he says here that if there is meaning in life at all, then there must be a meaning in suffering. Suffering is an 
ineradicable part of life, even as fate and death. Here lies the chance for a man to either make use or to forego the opportunities of attaining the moral values that a difficult situation may afford him. I can barely read this so dark. This decides whether he is worthy of his suffering or not. So it's basically, are you gonna stay true to your morals? Are you gonna be strong? Are you gonna make something good out of his suffering? Are you gonna be weak? And, and like forgo your moral values. For example, the people that would do everything they can to survive by becoming ruthless, ruthless people, by stealing food from other people, by becoming these, these prison, prisoner, prison guards and beating people to an inch of their life just in order to save their own skin. What, you, what it's times of pressure that reveal like who, who we truly are and who we are truly going to be as a person. So meaning of life is, finding meaning in suffering. In order to find the meaning in life, you have to find meaning in your suffering. You have to find meaning and purpose in your suffering. And we all go through, it's inevitable. We're all gonna go through suffering in life. We're all gonna go through tough times. Your parents are gonna die. Your friends are gonna die. You're gonna die. You're gonna be struck with ill health. You're gonna, something terrible is gonna happen to you. You might be on the cusp of life and death. You're gonna go through these terrible times, whatever the suffering is, be it emotional, physical, and the meaning of life, or his meaning of life, and I do largely agree with this, from a psychological point of view, the meaning of life is to find meaning in the suffering. And when you find meaning in suffering, you can get through it. You can get through the hard times, you can fucking get through the suffering. If a man has no, a man has no goal in a concentration camp, he gives an example here of a man, and he thought they were gonna get released as the war was coming to an end next month. And he was like, we're gonna get released by this date. I'm telling you, Victor, would they get released? And he was like, oh, don't get your hopes up, I don't know. And that date came, and they didn't get released. Date came, he didn't get released. He was, he was strong, he was healthy. A few days went by, well, relatively strong. A few days went by, and the man died. He fell sick, he fell ill, and he died. He got sent to the gas ovens, or he died of starvation. And that goes to show that he lost his meaning, he lost his purpose, he didn't have an end goal, he wasn't doing it for a greater purpose or a thing greater than himself. And what Victor says that in Auschwitz, the, the prisoners that survived and the people that actually got out would be the people with an end goal. For example, it was Victor and writing his book, he needed to share this book with the world, he needed to come out of this alive to, to share the book, but he kept his morals whilst doing it, he didn't turn into a terrible person. Other people, they, 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 they believed even if their wife might be dead or they, she could be dead, they held out hope and they, they, they they went through this knowing that they could get through it in order to be re reunited with their wife again or their kids or whatever it is. They had a greater sense of purpose, they had a necessity, a greater sense of meaning and even if they had nobody, they would get through this to tell their story to others, to prevent this from ever happening again, to, to maybe write a book about their suffering, to help other people, to become a doctor, a psychologist, whatever it is. They had meaning and they had an end goal, a light at the end of the tunnel, they had a purpose. So they thought of it as a test, they thought of this hardship as a test of their character. Can they get through this? By them enduring this hardship, by you enduring this hardship, whatever it is, you're sparing someone else from it. Maybe you're sparing someone else that is weaker than you. Because if maybe maybe someone who would go through the same thing, they would kill themselves because they couldn't deal with it or they wouldn't survive. And by you being in this situation, you are strong and you have been put there for the purpose because you can fucking survive and you can make it out and you are sparing someone else. The longer you're alive, the, the less room there's gonna be for someone else in the camp, for example. So maybe you're sparing a life. It's just about finding meaning in this meaning in this suffering and and purpose in this in this suffering
So, for example, he talks about, I can't really remember, I'm not really really cool up on this. As you can see, I'm not reading the book, it's too dark to read the book right now. But uh, at the end of the book, he kind of wraps it all up very nicely. And th those are the key themes though, about the last of human freedoms, finding meaning and suffering, having a purpose, having a sense of necessity, how important it is, it's tried and tested. And he talks about this thing, I think it's logo logotherapy, and basically it's about... It's about finding finding meaning or getting a, I can't really remember, I'll put the definition on screen here because I might be explaining it slightly wrong. But the, the logo therapy or whatever it is, rather than, rather than like confronting, rather than kind of trying to change everything, you, you accept things and look for meaning in things and meaning in suffering. And he uses a nice example that I'm gonna wrap this, that wrap this Takings video up with. And it's of a, a woman, after he got out of Auschwitz, he made it out alive, people made it out alive. Uh, he made it out alive, obviously, which is how he wrote the book. And then what, he went back to being a psychologist. And there's this woman, and she had two sons. And one of her sons died, and she was absolutely distraught about his death. And her second son was severely disabled, and she now had to look after this son on her own. I think she's widowed as well. And uh, her life was basically caring for this disabled son, was caring for this person. And uh, she was incredibly miserable. She was incredibly resentful of it. And she, she was just didn't enjoy her life. And Victor basically said to her, he was like, okay, consider two people, consider two lives. If you got to the end of your, if you, if you, if you got, to the, got to the end of your life and you're sat on your deathbed and you have these two options, okay? So there's one person who sat on their deathbed and they gave their, gave their son up for adoption when he was a baby, their disabled son, and they went on to live the rest of their life. They earned an average amount of money. They went on, uh, went on nice holidays. They did whatever it is. And then there's a, another person, person number two, who didn't give up their adopted son. And person number one who gave up their adopted son, the adopted son lived a terrible life. No one would adopt him because he was disabled. He was in care homes, foster homes, horrible conditions. And he lived a miserable, sad existence. Versus number two, whose mum decided to keep him and care for him. She cared for him his entire life. He had an abundant, enjoyable life despite his disabilities. And he grew up and she looked back on her death lead and she knew that she did everything that she could she, to, to maximize the potential of her disabled child's quality of life. Which life do you think is gonna have more meaning? Which person do you think is gonna think is gonna have the regret? Which person is gonna ultimately be the most content and accepting of their decisions? It's gonna be the person who endured the shit, who went through the difficult, hard times, who did the thing that at the minute seemed horrible and they didn't wanna do it, but they had to do it. And if you take a step back and look into both lives, you'll realize that one thing is fulfilling, one thing is a sense of purpose, one thing is finding, you're finding meaning in suffering of looking after this person for your entire life versus running away from your responsibilities and escaping it because you, your life hasn't really got the same meaning. You haven't benefited someone else like the latter. And anyway, that was a, a brief overview of Victor Frankl's Man Search for Meaning. Absolutely wonderful book, as you can probably tell. I, uh, I'm really, really passionate about it, really like it. I'd say it's one of my top five, top three favorite books of all time read it and uh hope you enjoyed that one guys let me know what you think on instagram like literally dm me on instagram dm me on instagram join in with the other fucking lads and girls that dm me dm me on instagram let me know what you think of that video i'd really really appreciate it and uh keep killing it smash a day remember to be grateful for what you have because when it's all taken away from you you will you will long for what you currently have right now. Even in your worst possible case situation, you will long for what you currently have. Remember to be grateful for what you grateful for what you have. And uh, man's man's the last of human freedoms. You have a choice in terms of how you're gonna how you're gonna respond. Find meaning in suffering, and just frame things your way. Take a step back, 
meaning in suffering and realize that you're, there is a purpose for what you're doing. There is a purpose for this hardship, whatever it is. And you can either be strong or you can be weak. Good night.